This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. You are going to only hear three voices today. Unfortunately, Vinny was not able to make it in this morning. He had some Car circumstances and- <laughs> outside of his control, namely mm-hmm. car issues that mm-hmm. keeping him out of the studio today, which will keep him out of the show here for several days. I don't know if you realize this. Maybe we're letting the cat out of the Let's bag ignore the here. man behind the curtain. Yes, yes, we're lifting the curtain this morning. We actually record one day a week, and we record a week's worth of shows in one setting. So when one man goes down, it's not just for a day, it's for a week worth of, of shows. So we will definitely be missing Vinny in the shows ahead. We've been working through just some general questions about the Bible, about God, and um, we're taking them loosely from a book, 50 Most Important Bible Questions. But quite honestly, we've tweaked it enough that it's probably an insult to even mention the title of the book because we've so altered his 50 questions. But his 50 questions was kind of a springboard for what we want to accomplish. And so we're indebted to him for that. But really, the questions more or less have become a little bit more our own. And this little stretch of questions, we want to think about and talk about Jesus Christ, who he was, what he accomplished, and things surrounding his life and ministry. But where we want to begin is really with the idea of how are we to properly think about the second person of the Trinity and especially how he relates to the Father and how his two natures, his human and divine natures, are connected and how we're to understand them. So that's a lot. So, gentlemen, let's start first with the whole idea of what, are, what is just a helpful way for people to think about the Trinity. Let's step back and just start there. How are we to think about the Trinity and the three persons <clears throat> of the Trinity? Yeah, I kind of think it's um, – maybe this isn't a satisfactory answer, but uh, I think it's one of those things that we need to realize that God has revealed himself – in a way that we can understand. But at the same time, we cannot expect to fully comprehend God in all that he is. He is infinite in all his attributes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And there will always be, even for all of eternity, when we're with him, there will always be, I think, a sense of mystery about who God is. That doesn't mean that we can't truly know him as he's revealed himself. All that to say is, I think the Trinity is an area where we can easily get into trouble if we try to 
tighten our understanding of it too much. I mean, he's revealed that he is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He's revealed that he's those three persons work together for our salvation. The Father wills, the, uh, the Son has accomplished, and the Spirit applies. But in the end, all three are one God. They're not mm-hmm. separate beings. I've, some people try to think of, you know, almost like different roles that God plays, where, okay, he's a father, he's a son, he's a Holy Spirit. But that's something, the big term is called modalism. And we can't reject that because the father is distinct from the son. And the son is distinct from the spirit. So So the Athanasian Creed Mm -hmm. begins with that after introducing some introductory words. It says, now this is the Catholic faith that we worship one God in Trinity and the Trinity in unity, neither confounding their persons nor dividing their essence. Mm -hmm. For the person of the Father is a distinct person. The person of the Son is another, and that of the Holy Spirit still another. But the divinity of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is one, the glory equal, the majesty co-eternal, such as the Father is, such is the Son, and such is the Holy Spirit. The Father is uncreated, the Son is uncreated, the Holy Spirit is uncreated, the Father is immeasurable, the Son is immeasurable, the Holy Spirit is in- immeasurable, the Father is eternal. You're getting the sense here. Right. So mm-hmm. they're saying that, that they're distinct, but with regard to their divine nature, they are the same. Mm-hmm. And so that is really hard to wrap the human mind around. How can there be three distinct persons that are one? Yeah, the triune nature of, of uh, God is something that's really overheard throughout Scripture. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, we don't really get a definition. But, you know, even from the very first pages of, of the Bible, you know, when God says, let us make man in our image mm-hmm. and you know there's a, a plural there and yet we also know there's a oneness in the godhead you know when we hear in for instance deuteronomy 6 4 hear o israel the lord our god the lord is one and uh you know one of the one of the when you look at the hebrew too that that one the 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 hebrew word is a cod which is Kind of like it's it's not in one sense it's not a singular one it's like one dozen eggs you know there's mm-hmm. a there's a there's a plurality even in that word but which we might not pick up we're monotheist but we also you know that means we believe in one God but we also recognize the nature of the Trinity that there is as you and the Athanasian Creed actually. Uh, expresses that as well as any. You can go the Nicene Creed too uh, for the same things. When we get to uh, the New Testament, John 1 opens up, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Mm-hmm. We're, we're talking about uh, Jesus Christ there, the the eternal Son of God, well, always existed he was there at the beginning you know the beginning when we say beginning there in that passage you know from eternity from eternity he was with god and was god Mm -hmm. 
And I think it's important in this entire conversation to make sure that we don't create a hierarchy in the Godhead, mm-hmm. which is, is kind of easy to do, where we have it where the Father's on the top, then the Son is beneath them, and the Spirit is beneath both of them. Mm-hmm. And I think the creeds, historic creeds, are helpful in saying, no, they're co eternal they're co-equal mm-hmm. in majesty they're co-equal in glory and there's not a hierarchy in the godhead right and sometimes that's hard to wrap our minds around when we think about father and son those relational terms. relational terms we we want to put one underneath the other but i don't think scripture allows us to to do that mm-hmm but it does mean that there is a relationship, and then this will transition into the whole two natures of Christ. Um, how are we to understand that Jesus Christ is truly God and truly man? What do we make of that? How do we understand that? How do we how do we express that? Because this is actually where these two things, mm-hmm. the Trinity, how the three persons of the Trinity relate to one another, and the two natures of Christ, this is where most error in the church has occurred. Mm-hmm. This is actually where most cults come out of, is mm-hmm. they, they get one of these two or both of these areas wrong. Yeah, and it's, prob- it's, it's important to go back to those creedal statements like the Athanasian Creed or the Nicene Creed, because anytime you get outside of those statements, you know, this truth that has been delivered to us, you know, the men of God, you know, summarizing what the Word of God has taught, gave us these phrases, you know, like in the Nicene Creed when it speaks about the Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of His Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made. When we get outside of those statements, that's where the error uh, occurs. And history's repeated, the, and, you know, we see those re- errors repeated. In fact, the Nicene re- <clears throat> Creed was a response to Arius, uh, you know, in the, in, uh, the third century. Uh, Arius was going around, and he was a very popular guy. He was a, probably a charismatic individual who had come up with a little ditty. There was a time when the sun was not. And, uh, you know, for some of our churches, um, we sing the Gloria Patri, which is dated from that same period. It was the response back, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, <laughs> a world mm-hmm. without end. You know, you know where we, we sing glory to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, yes, this is... The the whole thing about getting it wrong, people get it have gotten it wrong down through history, and most of the cults that we see today are just repeating an error of the past. Mm-hmm. And I think there's you know, your our, our creed to point out that you know God is their the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They're they're co-equal in power and authority and majesty, and and they are God, and we call that you know God's the ontological trinity you know god in his being and who he is but there's we also have in scripture presented to us what we call the economic trinity and how father son and holy spirit have chosen to 
work out our salvation. Mm-hmm. So there is, although you know, Son and Spirit are and Father are co-equal. They're they are all God. This is their plan of redemption, their plan of salvation. Uh, there is a certain submission that the Son and the Holy Spirit have willingly done uh, in the context of working out our salvation. Mm-hmm. And so you have uh, the Jesus saying that He came to do His Father's will. Uh, you have you know the uh, Jesus saying of the Holy Spirit that He He reveals what He receives type of thing. So there's this working together for their common purpose of glorifying themselves in the work of our salvation. But as far as Jesus's deity and his humanity, one of the things that I love to to point people to is uh, seeing how demons react to Jesus in his earthly ministry. Mm-hmm. To me, that's, that's one of the, the clearest proofs that Jesus is not just a man. He is a man, but he is also 100% God because the demons know it. <laughs> they know exactly who he is. Mm-hmm. And the creed, Athanasius Creed, says that we believe and confess that our Lord Jesus Christ, God's Son, is both God and man equally. He is God from the essence of the Father, begotten before time. And he is man from the essence of his mo- mother, born in time. Completely God, completely man, with a rational soul and a human flesh, equal to the Father as regards to his divinity, less than the Father as regards humanity. And that's where that submission comes in, Mm -hmm. is that it's in his humanity that Mm -hmm. he's submitting Mm -hmm. to the Father, but not in his divinity, Mm -hmm. because he's equal with the Father. Mm -hmm. We'll be building on this in the days to come. Thanks for listening to the show, and we will see you tomorrow.